Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. I'm Sam. On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about Private Practice Season 4, Episode 16, Love and Lies, written by Moira McMahon and directed by Anne Kindberg. It aired on March 17th, 2011. Enjoy! Today, our Amelia Scholar Margot is back with us again. Hi, Margot! Hello. I, y'all are sick of me already. So You sound so thrilled. I love that for I, you. I just know that they're going to be sick of me, so I'm just going to make it short. <laughs> no. No. They don't want to hear me again. <laughs> no. All right. So for our patient breakdown for this episode, we have first notes and miscellaneous per usual. And then Michelle has Huntington's. Isabel is pregnant, and Frank and Isabel's baby, who we don't get a name for, has hypoplastic left heart syndrome. And then we have a section that I am calling Naomi's Return. I have not-so-nice names for it, but we're just going to call it Naomi's Return. All right. Do you have any first notes, or you really only wrote about Michelle? I mean, I really... The first note that I wrote, which I'm looking at your notes, is similar. Uh, I'm sorry, but starting the episode with Flo Rida was so funny for absolutely no reason. I know. The song started and I was like, there's no way this is happening right now. I For, for some reason, I forgot that that's how this episode started. Because there's just some songs that they managed to get into the show. Like um, back when they did Shake It by Metro Station. Oh, my God. Uh, when they did I, that, I was like, oh, my God. And then they start this episode with Flo Rida. I'm like, the music supervisors were having fun fun they, like, were, they having were just a having blast. a they were having a ball <laughs> and that like weird country song that was playing when sam and naomi were kissing on the uh yeah like they deck. had a budget and they said what are we gonna do with our music supervision budget let's see florida and um, metro station they said we're gonna cash in our checks and we're gonna make it happen and it's hilarious <laughs> i just started laughing because i was like there's no way florida is happening right now <laughs> Oh my god. Also, the PowerPoint slide transitions at the beginning was good for that opening scene, seeing as they were at some sort of club. It felt fitting. I don't know. It just felt right compared to other times that they've done, like, interesting choices. Yeah. And we're going to have even more uh, coming up later, so. Oh, boy. There's that. <laughs> I'm I'm, just, yeah. 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 <laughs> All we could just say is, yeah. Uh-huh. And I'll say, okay. <laughs> That is such a you thing to say. Okay. Okay. When Fife comes back, first of all, I'm really happy to see Fife. I didn't realize how much I missed him until he came back. Oh, my God. I almost said, I don't know. I know. When he comes into frame, I'm like, oh, hey. Yeah. Hey, friend. How's it going, buddy? Nice to see you back here. I also really like his one-liners are just really good. They're funny. Not only are they written well, but they're delivered in a way that feels like they're actually coming out like like that like it doesn't feel like they're like now say this really funny thing it's like it just comes out like it would in like natural conversation I really appreciate that I would agree I would agree a few I have is when he forgets or pretends to forget William's name and he said courtesy of what's his face that was good (laughs) and then he says I gave you time to mourn let the wooing begin that was really good that's like it's like charming and funny yeah I really like him I know he can be not great as a doctor with what he wants to do with human beings but I really like him I I don't know if I want him and Naomi to be together but I appreciate that he's putting himself out there 
he's like really shooting his shot and i respect he has like mad game yes like i may not play for that team but like he's he's going off and like i really respect the hustle like i would go that hard for audra mcdonald too like (laughs) i mean one chance i don't know i'd take it if i had it (laughs) my last first note is yay the bitty bot was left in connecticut yay we have real addison back it's no longer the bitty bot yeah i was like man she has like more facial expressions now she doesn't feel so like not ice cold but like bitty bot more robotic yeah Yeah. she doesn't feel so like the robot (laughs) i just did the robot for listeners it's nice to have like a semblance of addison forbes montgomery back it is Anything for first notes before we get to Michelle? I mean, Amelia just looks so pretty. But Oh, of course. I loved that note. polka dot shirt she had on with like the metallic edges. It felt not very Amelia. Like it did not feel like something that Amelia would wear when you consider what she wears during the work week when she wears low rise pants and crop tops and stilettos to work. That felt like a very interesting outfit for her. But, like, I don't know. She looks so good. Her hoops. Her hoops. Thank so you. Good. Circular. Circular hoops. Not, circular hoops. Not, not, the, um, not circular hoops. Yeah, not um, other shaped hoops like Charlotte has on. So yeah. not to disagree with our noted Amelia Scholar here, but I do want to say that it feels, for me, on brand for Amelia. Because think about what she wore to Susan and Busy's wedding. I, yeah, I didn't love that dress. But that's I didn't either, but it shows me that, like, honestly, if she's going to wear crop tops and low-rise jeans in the office, like, of course she's going to wear that to the club. I don't know. I feel like she's more of, like, a leather jacket to the, like, to the, not to the bar, but, like, to the club kind of girly. Like, I don't know. I feel like she's more, like, that chill kind of vibe. Maybe my types of, like, bar and club experiences are very different. I think they are because like what Michelle and Amelia are wearing are what we wore out in 2011. Like I have some notes here. There's one in in the miscellaneous section that I'm just going to bring up now that I honestly cannot understate the popularity of these long strand necklaces that the chokehold that had on people in 2011 like wow, it was before it yeah it was before the like really like bubble necklaces that came in like 2013 14 i recall those because yes. i loved a bubble necklace oh the long strand necklaces like i brought so many to college with me i had so many they were just you know you go to forever 21 pick one out and they would have like themes and some of them became even like charm bracelets I can't understate the popularity that those had, and they are really showing up in this episode. Like, I think Naomi has one. I'm not 100% sure. I know for a fact that Addison has one because it feels really out of character for her. Violet has some on. Michelle has a couple on. Amelia has these on, and Amelia has been wearing these long necklaces, but like long strand with the singular. They had a massive chokehold. Yeah, the singular pendant. Like, I cannot understate the cultural effect that that style of necklaces had those had it it had a it was a moment for pop culture it it truly truly was um so so i do have to say that i don't know i feel like not amelia today 
Amelia today, I think, would wear like a blazer, a leather jacket. But Amelia in 2011, I I do think she would wear that shirt. I would also wear that shirt. So maybe I'm a little biased. <laughs> I think my frame of reference is what I wear when I go out to bars is like, I wear the exact same pair of black ripped jeans. They are my bar pants because they're so broken. Like when you break in a pair of jeans to the point where they're like, you can live in them. Comfortable. They yeah. are that level of broken in. I wear those with a belt and uh, some variety of like crop top. And then like, that's what I wear out because it's comfortable. And I wear my Doc Martens everywhere because those are also so broken in that like, I can function in them so comfortably. And if I need to stomp on someone, I can. It's also self-defense. It works for multiple purposes. So I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like people don't, well, currently don't really wear like tops like that to go out because I don't know. I don't know. I think the culture has definitely shifted in that regard. I, agree. I also don't wear anything like super duper nice to go out. I mean, maybe something that's like would look good in photos, but I some places like people are spilling stuff everywhere like they're not watching where they're walking you get a beer spilled on you you don't want to wear a top like amelia is wearing to like yeah but think of how good it would look in photos i mean it'd be cute but i would not wear it out even if it did look cute just so that it didn't possibly get ruined i i'm gonna send you some pictures of me going out in college and i wasn't even amelia's age but i i'm gonna send you i, I think i can change your mind okay Maybe okay. you can alter my perspective. I, I'm, I think I could. Okay. I can't wait. On to Michelle, but sticking with the same thing. The one shoulder shirt she has on with the long necklaces is bold. I would always wear them with like a high neck or even maybe like a boat neck. I would not wear them with a V-neck and I would not wear them with a one shoulder. So that is yeah. bold for Michelle. She was making some choices. Yeah. It shows us that she's like a fashionista. Yeah, she's like, she's pushing some boundaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of love to see it. And then my next note is I like can't even talk about this storyline at all because I know where it's going. And it's hard. Yeah, it's it's difficult. It was very hard in my notes to write things in a way that um, does not spoil the future. Yes, which we won't. And um, I already have you scheduled for when – you know that one yeah so i figured so i will be yeah, back of course even if you don't want me i'm gonna still be here <laughs> sorry amelia amelia going into michelle's house with her car keys in hand is so relatable and also a very me mood but not closing the door on the other hand is not bugs are gonna get in close the door you know at least like a storm door or something we don't have storm doors here i was shocked there's no now that was a very midwestern thing of me to say no, no, no. I know. I, I didn't know that people didn't have them, but um, no storm door, no screen door. It's just one door. I can't fathom not having a storm door, but then I got, I don't know, maybe Tornado Alley has something to do with all that, but. Well, no, because like in the South, there are screen doors everywhere for bugs. Yeah. If I had, you know, a house, if I ever could afford a place of my own. <laughs> Uh, cries cries in millennial i uh cries in anything after gen x i would put a screen door in yes i would put a a screen door in because i do like you know i don't know in like the evening you get some fresh air i like the breeze that comes in but i don't want Mm -hmm. all the mosquitoes well that's why you have a screen door exactly that's why you want a screen door that no i was appreciating the idea of a screen door 
Because mm-hmm. you can't not screen a window or a, a door, especially in the Midwest. It's so buggy. It is yeah. so beyond humid and buggy. You are, <laughs> you're going to get a million bugs, like no matter what you do. And bites, if you are me. If you are me, they love me. They eat me yeah. up and I'm allergic to their bites. So uh, yep. I ended up with cankles the other summer. Because I had worn rolled up cuffed jeans to like a hangout around a fire with some friends. And I was like, oh man, they're not going to get me. Well, womp womp. You know, kind of flopped on that. That's okay. Lying in the best interest of the patient? Question mark. Um, and then I said, Amelia feels so guilty for quote unquote making Michelle have this test. And then when she says to Pete, Michelle tells jokes that can pull me out of the darkest places that I go. And I just want to note that. Yeah. So are we going to, are we, are we going to like dive into this further now? Are we past the club in Florida? We're, for me, we're past the club. Okay. We're past the Florida of it all. Okay. And we are past even her having the test. Um, we're into Amelia talking to Pete and anything you have before then I'm, I kind of okay. took over the- Okay. So I'm going to do my little Huntington's disease deep dive because this is something that I know somewhat about. Yes. Because it is a neurodegenerative disease and I've had to learn about those. Yeah, I'll I'll just say it now because I'm probably going to mention it. Check the show notes for any possible mentions or like timestamps for discussions of suicidality or suicide suicidal ideation. That's what I was trying to say. Just it's not super in-depth, but it might be sensitive for some people. Like that's not something they want to hear right now. And that's okay. Please take care of yourself. That is way more important than listening to a little podcast. Sure is. Take care of yourself and what you think you can handle. Even just like mentions of it, if that's too much for you, please do not feel like you need to listen to me at all. Okay. So we're going to talk about Huntington's disease and what it is because they do touch on it just a little bit, but I kind of want to go into it a little bit because I'm a little nerd about this stuff. This is my, what I call bargain brand uh, science with Sarah Um, Because I will never reach that level of excellence in my explanations of things. But I wish to be that excellent. Like, kind of who I look up to. Like, absolute icon. Huntington's disease is a genetic disease that affects the brain. So it is neurodegenerative. It is degenerating your brain. And specifically, like, nerve cells. And some people kind of colloquially, like combine like say that it's like a combination of like alzheimer's parkinson's and like some features of like als so because when you say huntington's disease people are like what is that and so if you just need a quick frame of reference that's kind of how people frequently like describe it just for like to not have to you know go into it too much i i would agree i would agree it's just an easier way of kind of like contextualizing it because just hearing the name Huntington's, the average person is not going to know what that is because it is not as well, not known about, but like in, t- in terms of popular culture, not something that people know as much about compared to like Alzheimer's or Parkinson's, etc. So there's like different aspects of it that involves difficulties with movement, with involves uh, dystonia, which is like muscle rigidity and contracture. Difficulty with speech or swallowing, um, involuntary jerking and spasming, which is kind of where people tie into features of Parkinson's and things like that. And these are only like 
a few of things that it can involve because it covers like a very very like wide range of different um symptoms and effects that Huntington's has on a person um cognitive issues including difficulty with organization and focus lack of impulse control and lack of self-awareness and then there's some like comorbidity with other um psychiatric disorders such as depression which I was reading an article and I was talking about how like not to confuse like depression that's a result of your diagnosis because that can also like be something that can be dealt with like finding out this information then causes other problems but uh it can also be from like the degeneration in the brain there can be like issues that cause like depression um and insomnia and then uh once again suicidality because of just how difficult this information is to like process for people Mm -hmm. which is seen in this show and in this case and is how we tie back into this story with michelle because she is talking to Amelia about this, like this testing and is like very frank about the fact that like, oh yeah, if I'm like positive for this genetic marker, like I'm going to kill myself. And it's just the most like jarring thing. Like watching yeah. that for the first time, I was like, whoa. Cause you know, she's serious. Yeah. Oh, she, and like, this is like best friends talking to best friends talk. This isn't like, mm-hmm ah ha 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 making a little like this is like i'm serious about this and like it's a diagnosis that amelia understands the weight of so there's that i don't know how to not laugh at things because it's how i cope with heavy things yeah it's not appropriate at all but sometimes i need to not think about how depressing things are (laughs) is he at george's funeral that part it's fine yep do you have any thoughts or anything? Sorry, I don't mean to like commandeer no, conversation at all. Not at all. No, you that's very helpful because that is like describing things in a way that I cannot. I just kept thinking about like what if Michelle chooses to have children not knowing that she'll pass on the gene? Mhm. You know, and because that's maybe a choice that she would make is to intentionally have children or intentionally not have children because of because that. Because of that. Yes. And I love that Amelia brought up the blind veteran mm-hmm. to Pete and Violet. Oh, Violet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a loaded phrase. Just, oh, Violet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Violet is talking to Amelia and Amelia is going to her like as a therapist and Violet is violeting. And yeah. she says that Michelle is living someone else's life. Yeah. I was like, how is she living someone else's life? Like, And then Violet says, I hope she can still trust you, which, again, is foreshadowing for the end of the episode. But, like, come on, Violet. Yeah. Help. Help. Yeah, Violet just violeting. I do want to say that those um, tiled little fountains and the outdoor stairs that they're standing by are very L.A., and that was really great location scouting i like wouldn't be surprised i've never been to i've never been to la so oh you have to come but those are everywhere i've never been to california i've never been west of minnesota i can say that wow that's not far west (laughs) no california is obviously gigantic and it's like four or five different states in one state so like yeah if you've been been to like san francisco only you're not seeing a lot. Like if you've only been to Joshua Tree, you're not seeing a lot. If you've only been to Palm Springs, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, exactly. So it's it, one of those. It's a lot of different. Yeah. But like I wouldn't be surprised if that apartment building is like the building of someone who works on the show because <laughs> oh, it was absolutely. so perfect. Yeah. That feels like somebody knew. They're like, I know where we should film this. Like this feels yes. right. Yeah. And my last note on Michelle, and feel free to take it away more, is um, <laughs> Amelia says, I work with amazing therapists. Do you, Amelia? Yes, but also it would be kind of like ethically murky to send your friend to then one of those therapists because you've been dumping to them like information about her situation and then they can't really come to her then from a practitioner's point of like developing a rapport would be so much more difficult because they already know things about you and you didn't even tell that to them. And she wouldn't have the trust to keep it private because she knows that like they're going to talk about it in the office exactly like ethically i'm like this is a no amelia they might know people that they would recommend referral i I would ask sheldon or violet if there's somebody that they would recommend that is non-partial to the situation at all but like no you are not sending her to either sheldon or violet that's such a bad idea i'm like i've sat through too many ethics lectures to say yeah you can do that no, no, no. Oh, my God. We're not doing no. that. Absolutely not. But also, like, is Violet an amazing therapist? Um, she has her moments. That seems to be the general consensus. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I generally feel. Yeah. Anything else about Michelle? I said at this, that scene that we were talking about uh, with Amelia's leather jacket and her, she had this raspy voice, like, the entire episode, and I'm like, she's everything to me um it's totally not she was totally like sick or something but I was like "Ooh, okay slay well she was a little bit sick in the episode with busy's funeral yeah so I'm wondering like if it was it was probably like cold season or something mm-hmm. probably but I was like wow and her she just looks so beautiful always and I love Amelia with a leather jacket is so personal to me. Like I, yeah, I have that in the miscellaneous. That's, notes. that's something so personal to me. Yeah, yeah. I was, I did talk a little bit about how like, I absolutely understand from Amelia's standpoint as a friend, why she did what she did lying to her at first, but it's ethically very bad. And yeah, she was, was faced with an incredibly difficult situation by Michelle like saying what she did but that's not her fault she's allowed to feel the way that she does about the situation that she is in but amelia should not have withheld that information from her because that's like ethically really bad and like i mean i don't know it should have been a sit-down conversation and like we have resources and like you're not in this alone like it should not have been a hey ha 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 you're negative and then been like now because I think it's almost worse that like you lied to her and gave her that false sense of like oh my god I don't have to like experience what my mom did and like she's like remembering what that felt like to like you know see that happen she had that false sense of security like oh my god maybe like I don't have to have that and put anybody else through that but then to like then be like actually I lied to you like that sucks like really bad to me, it was Amelia buying time to figure out what to do. But oh, it absolutely why was. she Yeah, why she couldn't simply be like, oh, it's not the, – the results aren't back the yet. Was, I don't know. The lab must be really backed up. There, absolutely. If she wanted to figure something out, she could have absolutely 
made something up like that. Like, yeah, lying in that regard is still not a great thing, but at least she wasn't telling her something that what like about her effectively her fate that is not yes. true and like lying to her like that. Like, I love you, Amelia, but that was not a great move. And you gave her like a false sense of security in a way that made her feel better. Yeah, I think it just shows her immaturity as well. Just like oh, the way absolutely, she, is, as a human she being. is not in the place that she is like now. Yeah, she has to go through some stuff first. Yeah, she has some life to go through. Okay, and that's okay. She has to live and she has to learn. <laughs> okay, and she makes mistakes, and this was one of them. She was not making some great choices here. And I understand that she was panicking and she was trying to deal with the fact that her friend told her that if she was positive, she was going to kill herself. Like that is an impossible thing for you to have to process and then have to grapple with in a short period of time. But maybe you should not have lied to her. It's so difficult because like, what do you do as a bystander and as a friend? I don't know. You say the lab is taking too long. Sorry. Not ready yet. Sorry. Might be a couple days, but I don't know. Uh, It's so terrible. Well, since it's not a great great happiness there, let's move on to a terminal baby. Oh, because everything's so joyous. Yes. So Isabel is pregnant, and Frank and Isabel's baby has severe hypoplastic left heart syndrome. Are you a Sex and the City fan? Not particularly. Okay, well, this is Steve. It was and never my jam, so like, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Um, This is Steve. Steve is Frank. Frank is Steve. Big fan. Big fan. Slay. What's your first note? I, like, really didn't write much, so give me a more interesting first note. <laughs> okay. Going to the doctor and saying... Well, actually, I read this study. Oh, <laughs> the that? audacity I just simply do not have. Oh, Dr. WebMD. Like, what <laughs> let's what certifications do you have? Let's hear it. Well, actually, I read this study where And then I was also confused because Addison says like this has never been done before. So maybe they were like the study was So in... what study did you read? Like, the study was probably on animals. That? Yeah. 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 So it's like, this has actually never been done before. It's like, oh. <laughs> so did we actually read or did we search for what we wanted of to course. find? Yes. They searched for what they wanted to find and hoped that a doctor would do it. It's also crazy how uh, everything on the internet is always absolutely true all the time. 100%. A 100% true. People on the internet yes. don't lie. Never. There's never. never misinformation on the internet. Not even once. These silly Not little like tubes and wires that give us pictures on our screens. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Always truth. Always truth. Always. People can't just post whatever they want. No, for sure not. Or search for whatever they want. That could never no. happen. Misinformation does not exist on the internet. Never. Nowhere. So no, not even not even one place. That's what makes that. Oh, God, just the audacity to walk into somebody who literally went through medical schooling. Somebody like also somebody like Addison, who is double board certified. You're going to go up to somebody and say, hi, we want to do this uh, and then be like frustrated when Addison's like, um, (laughs) what? I would maybe trust the person who studied this and then got certified in it. But I don't know. 
Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) When Addison says to Naomi, not everyone shares your compass, which is probably what she would have said in the last episode had she been there as well. Mm -hmm. Just a little something to note. That, like, got me. Yeah. I was confused. Why? Okay. So this baby, they're sure that she's not going to last the day. Like, she, they are 100% sure about that. Like, no miracles are going to happen. Why wouldn't they just wait to harvest the organs and not put her through that pain? That was my question. I don't expect you to have an answer. No, I'm not sure about, like, the realities of, like, this situation. I wanted to research it, but I totally forgot to. I wanted to, like, look into, like, if this is, like, a thing that has actually happened in terms of, like, medical ethics because they do do that. Ethically, it is very, very gloomy. They do some very – What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Murky? Murky, murky, thank you. Not gloomy. Yeah, it's very murky, <laughs> ethically. And they do mm-hmm. that sometimes on this show where there's things that they're like, we don't, there's, that people are on different sides of things ethically. This has happened many times. So it's interesting that they constantly kind of come back to that. I always think it's fascinating because it always makes me think about ethics and then like how people may want something to happen. But in terms of like ethics, it's like, you can't do that. Yes, I would agree. And like, not all cases of HLHS are not necessarily you will not survive the day. Mm-hmm. But I mean, maybe time period wise, things have advanced a lot more in the last like decade. And also severity of and the severity syndrome. of yeah the the defect could be very different. But there yeah. are a lot of people who I mean who survive with it. Not I mean. They don't live very long lives with HLHS, but it's not always like immediately like first day kind of. Yes. Yeah. I had a lot of questions about this storyline. The number of weeks, I don't remember, but um, the number of weeks that she said she was and then she went into labor, it was not a viable gestation. I don't remember the math. I don't remember the math mathing. Um, It was like in the low 20s, I feel like. And like I know that we know hypothetically whatever that this baby is not going to survive but wouldn't it make it harder to harvest harder the eggs? if i mean yeah i don't remember what the number was no and then like was the labor induced did she just go into labor like yeah like was this what we like know about a complication like a pregnancy complication or what, like did they and in- yeah they did not make that very clear no no and i, I okay so they say they've spent every penny that they have on IVF. They said that when they were trying to convince Addison, which obviously it's very expensive. But now they're doing this, which has to be extremely expensive. And then they're going to do more IVF because she says she wants to carry this baby. So a surrogate's out of the question, which would also be more money. And then they're going to raise a baby. Yeah. I was, there was a lot, there were a lot of things here that, like. I don't know if everything was entirely thought through because it's, like, they are in a state of, not panic. Longing and grief. But, like, they're in a very, like, intense kind of state and they're just looking for something and they don't care if it's possible. They don't care if it's well thought through. 
they're like, we want this so badly that you're not, you're, you're kind of seeing things in tunnel vision and you are not thinking about other possibilities or like whether or not it's actually reality. And it's, it's sad, but also at the same time, it's like, it is very much a reality check. It is. It is. And like, think about what you would be putting through that, that baby through that like was not going to like live a life and not even name her I couldn't believe that they wouldn't name her I don't know how you could like feel okay with like I don't know I mean you have to compartmentalize things and to be able to process like what you are going through because like for them to receive that diagnosis and the information that they did like that has like I can't even imagine what that must have felt like but the amount of emotional distancing that they then had to do to like somewhat be okay with their situation is like, it's, it makes me feel so bad. Cause I'm like the, yeah. the way that you have to like, feel like you can't even name that baby because you need to like, not emotionally attach yourself to it. Like, wow. That's wow. Yeah. That's crazy how trauma works. <laughs> yeah. Trauma's trauma. Something else. I, didn't love that they were sort of making this about Addison and Addison wanting a baby. I uh, did not love that at yeah, all. Um, and the way that like um, Isabel was saying to Addison, like, you know, they say we can have it all, but we can't have it all. And, you know, just before Busy and Susan's wedding, she was talking about wanting a baby with Sam and all of that. I uh, And then Naomi was saying – well, maybe this is about you. And Naomi was well, – we're getting to it in a second. But Naomi was just spewing all of these really, really rude things at Addison that maybe she deserves but not the day she comes back from her mother's funeral. Maybe if she's your best friend, shouldn't be doing that. We'll get we'll get to the Naomi of it all in a minute. I, I get that they were doing it to get us from, you know, maybe point A to point B or like to remind us that this is why – private practice exists is because Addison came to LA to have her fertility checked. Yeah. By Naomi, the pilot Naomi, the backdoor pilot Naomi, not Audra. (laughs) Audra, not Audra. Um, Naomi 1.0 versus Naomi 2.0. 2.0. I I agree. The last thing I have about this horrifically sad situation is a quote from Cooper who I, I loved that he was in the NICU or wherever with her saying parenting is more than onesies and bassinets no matter how long or short that life is they don't deserve her I thought I thought that was beautiful and it again reminds us that Cooper and Charlotte just got into a thing about wanting children not wanting children and I think that 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 this really grounded us back into the you know beach houses and babies of it all like the babies of it all yeah and reminding us what this show is about oh yeah because there we had a little minute without like of quite a few episodes without without babies babies. i mean i guess the episode previous there was like that but it didn't involve addison so like it feels yeah addison was feels different yes do we have anything else aside that aside from that i just naomi's return oh yes because duh yeah naomi uh i feel like last episode was sort of to like soften the blow of this episode yeah and make us mad at her so all of these wouldn't 
be as horrible because what she says they were absolutely soft launching it they were like hold on let's like yeah tip tap yes i thought it was hilarious that naomi was allergic to the flowers that fife gave her that was funny yeah yeah i love when they do little comedic things like that like they're so silly Mm -hmm. another one-liner from fife that I've missed um, that he he said we have great chemistry you can't argue with science that's so good like because yeah. I feel like that's something I would hear somebody say like that doesn't oh, yeah. feel like a line that somebody wrote for television yeah you can always tell the difference between like television writing versus the way that somebody would actually speak if it's not done well but if it's mm-hmm. done well you're like oh my god somebody just like you're like was that improv that's how you know it's good <laughs> And maybe that was improv. If so, props. Yeah. Naomi says to Addison, when did I stop knowing you? When Addison was going to help deliver the baby. Wow. After she literally last episode said that Addison was still her best friend. Best friend. She says things like that. This is, we keep having yeah. moments where I'm like, oh, this is why I don't like Naomi. This this is just like a section where I am I'm really not thrilled with her her words and her choices. Like, she's not thinking before she speaks yeah. to people that really care about her. And, like, yes, sure, Addison will forgive her. Sam will forgive her. But, like, think before you speak. Yeah. You have to – because why would you say she's your best friend? But then the next episode literally be like, when did I stop knowing you? What? Apparently this episode. Okay. Apparently. Yeah. Well, this is when. Yeah. This is when you stop knowing her, Naomi. <laughs> Clearly. Naomi goes to Sheldon for therapy. <laughs> oh God. And I I just really want to say that like everyone treating Sheldon as their therapist and making him keep so many secrets is very like earlier seasons Maggie Pierce. Like it's giving secret keeper. Absolutely. I oh God, poor guy is just left with like too much information. Yeah. And it puts him kind of in impossible situations 24-7. Yes. And his little – when they keep cutting to him and he keeps, like, side-eyeing and, like, <laughs> sighing and He's so funny sometimes, like, unintentionally. Like, I don't think his stuff is always meant to be, like, hilarious. But I generally find it hilarious because he's so awkward sometimes. And it's kind of endearing. Yeah. It's his delivery. I don't know. He's kind of just my guy. <sighs> I would agree. I would agree. I have a quote here from Sheldon to Naomi that says, because the problems you're solving weren't your own. I don't know what that was in referring to. Yeah, I don't know what that was referencing entirely. I would have appreciated, like, she does always try to solve everybody else's problems. That is very much a thing with her. But I would like to, Mm -hmm. I would like some, like, some receipts, some specific information, Sheldon. Like, I get what you're going at. I just think your argument would be stronger. Not like this is like an essay, but like I think your argument would be stronger if you like kind of pointed something out and been like when you did that. Give me a thesis statement, please. Like, please. MLA format. (laughs) What I did love that he says is he said, I am resigning as the not boyfriend boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The not boyfriend boyfriend. Yeah. That was funny. Just go vaccinate children and build hospitals like just go just go and then sam says to fife go back to where you came from meeting the nih and fife says i intend to with naomi (laughs) it's like dude she doesn't want to go with you yeah 
Oh, God. <laughs> Ugh. <sighs> okay, now I'm in the section where Naomi and Sam are talking. Uh-huh. And she says, despite everything that happened, and then Addison walks in. Oh. And then she goes straight to stomp on Addison. Mm-hmm. And yes, I love Addison, but this was not kind or appropriate. No. She says, not everything's about you, Addison. And I was like, okay, sure, but this specifically is. And, like, she's not stupid. She says, he was my husband before he was your boyfriend. He married me and I have his baby. And she says something like, when you reach any of those milestones, then we can talk. And I was like, dude. Yeah. It's great writing. It's great. But, like, wow, wow, wow. But mean. So mean. It's so mean. I'm kind of starting to understand the girl code of, like, try not to date any of your friends' significant others because it just causes problems. Like, let's just avoid this. It was no good. I'm hoping that you don't understand it personally. No, God. I've never experienced that. Yeah, it's not great. I would not have that problem. Um, But, (laughs) no, I'm not interested in any of my friends' exes. Thank you very much. Yeah, no. There's a lot of talk about milestones over these past few episodes. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, just just wanting to note that. Continuity. I'm loving all of the talk about previous patients. Naomi brings up, you know, Sam offering to not help Lee McHenry, aka mm-hmm. like offering to let him die. She brings up the blind patient again. And there was one more patient that she brought up that was like earlier. I love when they I, reference cases that you think are just going to go away because it like it makes everything feel more real because obviously you could use that as a frame of reference and they would know what you're talking about. Yes. You work together every day and you see patients and talk about them every single day. Why would you never like, I don't know, bring that up aside yeah. from the episode that they're happening in? I don't know. It just makes it, it makes it feel more fleshed out and like an actual situation. It builds the world. It does. World building. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Fife would be a really great series regular addition to this show. I always said that. I always thought that he would be a fun comic character to have around. It's They always have like the dudes here as like having funny stuff mostly happen. Aside from like occasionally like Amelia. But yeah, I'd say if Amelia doesn't have. Most of it is like Cooper, Sheldon, Fife. And Sam. I guess. Maybe I don't find Sam funny. had a really Sam and Sam and Pete had a really funny moment in the cap not cafeteria, the kitchen, where he said something about like join a monastery. Oh and yeah. They had a really funny good. laugh that I could tell was like really them laughing. It's always the guys. Uh-huh. They always get mm-hmm. the laughs on this show. And I'm like, where yeah. are my funny ladies? Amelia, she's right there. Miss Amy. No, we don't call her Amy. She hates it, so I don't call her that. And Derek calls her that, so I also don't call her that. Cause I'm in season it. seven right now. She just came and, like, had a little moment Ugh, in the woods baby. with Mark. And, yeah, so I'm in – Meredith is still calling her Amy. That's season Lexi. seven, episode three, super freak, iconic. I hate that I know that. <laughs> it's, like, such a frame of reference for me and Grace history. Like, that's so embarrassing. It's not – I could name you specific like episodes of like TV shows, ER, or like the Americans that like changed my life. Like I have them in my brain. It's so embarrassing. The only one that I know is sixteen sixteen of Grey's simply because it's sixteen sixteen. Yeah. 
and something important happens. I the trauma that that episode caused. Not trauma, yeah, and but you and know then I, I mean. remember. I I could be wrong, but I feel like the episode, the weird one where like they're in the OR and like Richard is dreaming about like his mother. Mm-hmm. And, Room like, where it happens. That's what I was going to say. I know yeah. it's called Room Where It Happens because that was in the time where they were using Hamilton quotes for everything. And I was. They had an bit... era where they were like, you know, Hercules Mulligan. And I'm like, why are we dropping this in here? You're like, oh, Hamilton's hot right now. We're going to talk it's about it. so hot. It. And like, not only that, but like, yes, we know Hercules Mulligan. He works at the fire station down the street. I'm pretty sure it's season 13, episode eight is Room Where It Happens. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because I feel like Stephanie is there as well. Y'all can fact, y'all can fact check me about that, but it's like right around mid-season. Yeah. But it's one of those like weird bottle episodes. Yeah. If I'm right on that number, I'm going to be genuinely impressed. Let me look it up. If it's season 13, episode 8, I'm going to be shook. Because why do I know that information? That's so embarrassing. It's either 7 or 8. I'm pretty sure it's 8, though. Because it feels like right around that right before a mid-season finale that they do a bottle episode. <laughs> season 13 episode 8 ah no aired november 10th 2016 boy oh boy was the world a different oh wow 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 that's like a time capsule in history i know that's crazy wow i can't believe i was right that's listeners are terrified listeners are telling me to get a life it's the different megan hunt also it's the first one. Oh yeah fake megan yeah 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 imposter megan megan 1.0 thank megan you very 1.0. much you're so right it's like how i call um in in er the first rachel and then the second rachel how we call rachel 1.0 and then rachel 2.0 mm-hmm. after uh after season six episode 21 that first Rachel is never back again, and then it's a different actress. Who is also on Grey's Anatomy. Yes. So my dog, her middle name is after Arizona Robbins, and the first episode that dear, dear Ruthie ever watched was that weird one in season 17, 18, where Teddy is, like, having a, like... That was 17. Yeah, it's, like, where it's snowing in the operating room. Yeah, when she's having, like, like, a a fever dream. Yeah. That's not a fever dream, yeah. And I was, like, I was so excited because I was, like, oh, my God, this is the first episode of Grey's Anatomy that my dog is ever going to watch. And I know that that's a ridiculous sentence to say. (laughs) I'm, like... It was a moment. It, it was a moment. moment in history when you have a Grey's named dog. It is. Like, this it is. is big. And it's like yeah. they're not watching it, but they are intaking some like and perceiving things of related course. to it. So like, of course, they're experiencing so I, like, something. Yeah. I like sat her down. I told her like, <laughs> wow, you were ready. Like, like nine, like nine weeks old being like, I was like, and this is the show that's very important. <laughs> and then the, the episode was over and I was like, we're going to pretend this never happened and try again next week. Yeah. Wow. I haven't rewatched that episode, but I am curious to revisit it. But I haven't rewatched past 15, but I will on this rewatch. Interesting. Yeah. My last note for Naomi again is think before you speak. She says, you're all my past, which number one is like kind of cheesy. And second of all, this is your the father of your child and the grandfather of your grandchild and your best friend. And also like this guy that you have chemistry with. 
Yeah. Come on. Think before you speak. Well, they don't do a lot of that around here. So They don't. <laughs> they don't. You're correct. They absolutely don't. On to miscellaneous. Violet's photo should say therapist, not model. Yeah. They don't look like her. She is correct. I thought it was really funny that she was having Pete be in trouble about saying that that person is like so hot when it is his wife, but he got in trouble because she thinks it doesn't look like her. I thought that was really funny. That was funny. And I just think Violet needs to go to one of her actor friends to get like a recommendation of a good headshot photographer. Yeah. Like, you know that there's at least one. And you can probably find someone for cheap too. But that's the problem. She went. She's trying to get get new headshots on a budget. She went to someone for cheap, and it was horrible. She needs to go to, like, a good headshot photographer, shell out a little bit of money. an actor will get you, like, the right person. Exactly. There has to be one that goes to their practice, at least. Right. Or, like, find somebody who does photos for, like, LinkedIn or something. Like, they'll get you something. Yeah, something. Not LinkedIn. That was (laughs) – y'all are all on LinkedIn. You're professionals or whatever. I don't know. Addison handing Sheldon back his handkerchief after she snotted all over it. That, okay, foul. Pure comedy. You watch that yourself. No, pure comedy. Like, (laughs) she, like, hands it back. It gave me the most massive ick. I was like, girl. I thought it was hilarious. I loved what he said to her. Ugh. He said, grief is its own timeline. You can't get off until the ride stops. So sage. Such wisdom. Yeah. I need to know what mascara they're all wearing in this episode because it's all length and no clumps. So yeah. if you have any idea, please let me know. I mean, yeah. Y'all dropping any recommendations? Drop me mascara recommendations. My very last note. Do you have any before I do my last note? No, I really didn't even take a lot of miscellaneous notes because I feel like this episode was so divided between like the two big plots yeah that like i don't know there wasn't a lot that fit into other categories for me yeah addison was telling the story about how her mom said that batons were oh yeah trashy or something and then she said over my dead body and then when addison's telling the story amelia says should i get you a baton that That was so that was so sisterly yes like that was such like Obviously, they're not actually siblings, but, like, that was such, like, a sister thing to do. That was absolutely a sister thing to do. They're not, you know, blood-related sisters, but... But they are sisters. The age that Addison came into Amelia's life... That's her older sister. Yes, that is... And she had nobody in her life to, like, look up to like that. Like, she had older sisters, but, like, they didn't care about her. Mm-hmm. and her older brother can say that he cared about her all he wanted he'd never really really cared about her in a way that mattered he cared he cared about her as a child he didn't let her grow up and he never forgave or forgot any of her mistakes mm-hmm. and he expects to be forgiven for all of his mistakes because he is god of course or he doesn't yes. make mistakes because he is god this is my Derek shepherd like hate soapbox i know i'm gonna get flamed for that but it's fine it always comes back because he treats her terribly and i don't like that at all repeatedly repeatedly yep our sam style this week is something that i really think that you'll identify with it's amelia's leather jacket with the gray hood the face that you're Marco so is right, right for now. that you're so right for that yeah i was so, i was hoping i was hoping i was praying it's going to start showing up more 
I love it. I'm glad yeah, it's here. Uh-huh. I also just wanted to note like Cooper's corduroy or like maybe suede blazer he wears often was also in this episode. That was kind of a moment. But. Yeah, and I also like when I think of Pete, I think of his leather jacket as well. Yeah. And it was not in this episode, but it's just funny to me how a show about doctors set in LA how jackets can play such a great role. A great role. I love a leather jacket, especially yeah. on Amelia. Ugh, personal to me. I do. I do. Makes me oddly emotional. It's fine. I'm good. Yeah. I'm clearly mentally healthy if a leather jacket is making me emotional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. How about our guest star spotlight? Yes. So this is a fun one, actually, because um, there were like very few people in this episode, aside from our usual mainstays, aside from our few uh, like quote unquote patient storylines. Um, but my choice is so fun. Miss um, Michelle, a.k.a. Sydney. I looked up the pronunciation because I can never say it right. Poitier, which you're like, huh? I know a uh-huh. Sydney Poitier who is a man. It is her her father. I I uh, yeah. yeah. I had uh-huh. to look it up too. Wow, the, it was just the mic drop that just occurred right there. Yeah, but it was just like wild to see that, and I just I remembered that he um, passed away early this year. Yeah, which so sad. But yes, her name is Sydney Poitier, which I'm hopefully saying that correctly. I I think you are. Sometimes I, think, I hear it more like Poitier, but I feel like Poitier is I think that's how it correct. was like phonetically spelled in like multiple different things I looked at on the internet. So I'm hoping that the phonetics are correct. But yeah. then again, the internet, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the internet always tells the truth. You're right. I know. So yes. yes. Sydney, and her middle name, do you have her middle name? Because I do. I did not write it down. I also don't know if I'm saying it right, but I think it's Tamia, T-A-M-I-I-A. Oh, yes. Okay. I remember seeing it. I just wrote down Sydney Poitier. Yes. Because I usually don't include middle names on people. Um, well, I only do because, you know, it's like two Sydney Poitiers. Uh, Poitiers. That's fair. But I, I, yeah, I guess I explained how they're related. Yeah. So she was born November 15th, 1973. So a Scorpio. We love a Scorpio queen. Born not too, uh, her birthday is not too far off from mine. So that's cute. We love a November moment. 10 days before mine. That's so cute. You may have seen her in, uh, she's more of like a show up for like an episode kind of moment, which we love, except she had a little bit of a longer arc in Veronica Mars. Um, she was in an episode of Grey's Anatomy and then sure was. she was here in private practice. Those are the things I wrote down. There were more, but just those are, I think, the most notable for the average listener of the BHAB podcast. Yeah. So fun. But the Sydney Poitier connection was the more fun part. Because I was yes. like, you might recognize that name and wait for it. They're related. Because <laughs> like people share last names in Hollywood and they have no relation to each other. But then when they do, you're like, there it is. <laughs> and let's write about it in the New Yorker. <laughs> I was like about to say, are we going to have the Nepo baby conversation like as of late? Or <laughs> I mean, good thing she's actually talented. So. Exactly. Yeah, we can have that conversation. She can beat later. the Nepo baby allegations when she actually when like she actually has talent. So Yeah. All right. For trivia, this episode scored five point nine seven million viewers. This is our first one lower than six. Mm-hmm. Pointing that out. 
Interesting. Sydney Tamia Pointier, who plays Michelle, also plays Deborah Fleiss in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. This is season two where like the restaurant shooting and they all come to the hospital. It's right before Burke's hand is injured. Yep. She is shot. And her boyfriend ducked behind her, and then they had a fight about it, and then he ducked again when the shooter came back. And then I have, yes, she is Sydney Poitier's daughter. Yep. As Addison is crying in the break room, she tells Sheldon, it's like my tear ducts are acting on their own, but the tear ducts do not produce tears. The tear ducts drain tears away from the eye. The tear glands produce tears. As a doctor, Addison should have known this and not made that mistake. Wow. Okay, trivia. They're going in. They are. They are. Wow. They're so hypercritical of her degree. That's wild. <laughs> kind of funny. They are. Though. It's so rude. It was IMDb, not Gray's Wiki. Well, IMDb ones are funny. Like, I find those yeah. hilarious. People are so proud when they, when they figure they're something like, out. They or they feel. catch a goof and they're like, man, this should have never happened. I'm like... My God, chill. Like. Save it for the blogs. Save, that, it, save for it for the, for blogs. the blogs. All right, it's time for Margot's mumblings. I don't think I really have any because I don't want to spoil anything for people who may have never seen the show before. So, all right, ratings and MVPs. Who's your MVP? Um, I think my MVP is Michelle. Um, because she was like put in a kind of terrible situation and she really like she took what she needed to process it and like I just I kind of think that she's a badass so yeah and she has great style also yeah also except maybe the the like vacation dress that she pulled out of her bag don't know how I feel about that yeah I was like um all right I don't know (laughs) yeah but the rest of it she has great style maybe as long as it's not going on the gram but I don't know depends on where we're vacationing my MVP is Addison for going back to work after this major trauma of losing her mother and letting her emotions out instead of hiding them and giving herself maybe an ulcer like she was trained to do by her family. Oh, so I, yes. I I appreciated her breaking that generational habit. Let's yeah, say. all she learned was internalization of everything. Exactly. So her crying in public is a huge thing, especially after what she said. It's big. In her eulogy for her mother. It's huge. Absolutely. Um, she doesn't lash out at Naomi for all of the truly terrible things that she's saying to her. And whether you agree or don't agree with the procedure that they were going to do, when she saw how the parents were not mentally prepared for it, she had them meet their child, and I think that was the right thing to do. So, yeah, she's my MVP. Love that. Good job, Addison. Yeah. What's your rating? I don't have one again at the moment. Oh, no, 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 no. I came up with it. I just lied. I spread misinformation once again. Um, On the internet? Never happens. Never. Um, no, because I mentioned this earlier. I was talking about that whole idea of tunnel vision. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about having tunnel vision on the beach. Because it has to be okay. on the beach because we're on beach houses and babies. Um, I feel like that's kind of fitting for people's situations right now. They're all kind of like maybe not seeing everything that's around them. They're very much like heading straight forward. These parents were like kind of blind to the other, for lack of a better term, blind to the other possibilities around them and not thinking straight because they were grieving and they wanted something so bad that 
their this was their way of coping and compartmentalizing and dealing with it. Michelle is like looking straight forward. She's seeing the possibility of like what's could happen to her and that she can't live with that. So she's seeing that straight forward. Our mainstays, they're all they're all going through some stuff. Everybody's kinda they're going through it once again. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I think it applies to everyone. Like, Fife is yeah. only focusing on Naomi. Oh, he's down so bad. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, valid, but... Yeah. All right, so my rating is a fish flailing on the sand. Okay. Like, you put it back in the water. Ooh. Ooh. Or do you, Expand like... Expand on this. Are you, like... I like it, and I see where you're going, but, like... There are some people in the office who, like, don't even want to touch the situation with that baby and they're like I'm not like this fish is going to stay where it is and like I'm not going to have anything to do with it and you know Michelle doesn't want to know about it but when she takes doesn't want to know about her diagnosis but like when she takes the test she wants to know about it yeah and Amelia thinks she wants to help her but then she touches the fish and she's like oh no I, I actually can't touch the fish. I, I can't be a part of this. I like this. I like this explanation that you have. Thank you. And Naomi's just flailing all over the place saying things that she might mean but doesn't actually mean to say. Valid. Yeah. I love that. That was a good rating. Thank you so much. I also – we didn't even touch at all on the photo that they end up taking for the book, for the book jacket, which I do love. Oh, we didn't. Yeah, no, I love that because I'm like, you finally, you settled on something that's real and that's encapsulating the story that you're actually trying to tell rather than, you know, yeah, Yeah. rather than talking crap about your friends and airing out their personal garbage. Yeah. You're doing, you're showing something that's real and that happened and you're being vulnerable in a very real way. And Mm -hmm. that's like, that's not easy to do, especially if that's going to be like a big photo. Like that's like. That's a lot for people to see. And like, and people that aren't even reading the book will see it too. Like you are being very, like people that just pick up the book to look at it. Like you are giving people. Well, it's on the book jacket, I think they said. But like, even if it's in like people that are just like observing a book to like, you know, look at it. Like they are people more than just your audience are going to like see this. This is like, this is real. And actually pertains to what you are trying to you know tell people yeah it's real and that's actually pretty big that's pretty big for violet so it is it's not often that i'm gonna give violet a lot of props so let's just let's take it for what it is at this present moment we take we we give what is deserved and this is deserved yes it was given to us yeah all right well anything else before we do our credits thank you so much for being here two in a row oh of course you know we love a twofer had to do it Amazing. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. Follow us on Instagram at BHAB Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or Amazon to be the first to hear future episodes. You can find me at Samantha G. Harris on all social media. And you can follow me nowhere. 
<laughs> if you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and sharing it with a friend. It really helps people learn about the show. And if we ever get another review, we'll read it on the podcast. You can also become a member of our Patreon community at patreon.com slash bhabpodcast. On our next episode, we'll be discussing Private Practice, Season 4, Episode 17. They are available to stream on Hulu and can be purchased on iTunes, Amazon, DVD, and more. If you have thoughts you'd like to share with us on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at bhabpodcast or email us at bhabpodcast at gmail.com to be featured on our listener mail segment. Thanks for listening. BHAB Podcast will be back in two weeks. TGIT.